Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Here we are, season two, episode number four. Before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor for this podcast again, Rustin Leonard at Thrivent Financial. Thrivent helps its members be wise with money by offering guidance on sharing, saving, and spending. Thrivent, a non-for-profit membership organization that serves Christians, has helped its members protect their families and make wise money decisions for more than 100 years. If you're looking for some financial advice, give him a call at 785 0653 or you can go to our Facebook page and you will see the the links on our Facebook page to, to get to his website from there. So welcome, Philip. Episode number four. Already number four in season two. Yep. I, I did want to mention one thing. Um, I forgot to mention this on the last, last podcast when we were talking about K-State OU, but I did have uh, one of our previous guests and loyal listeners immediately text me and wanted to make sure that you were still alive and safe. So uh, Preston <laughs> hey. McCorkle sent me a text immediately wanting to make sure that you were you were good. So You know, I was more upset of the Yankees losing in Game 5 than I was OU getting beat by K-State. Because that, uh, that's starting to feel normal. Yep. That's hey, two years in a row. But playoff baseball. I still do. I still do. My number one love, of course, is baseball. Since I've told you before on here, I never played a down of football in my life. I love watching it and all that, but baseball is where it's at for me. Even though I know a lot of people don't, but they still feel the crowds, and people are happy to have it back. And, and I'll tell you, this playoff baseball has been some super good baseball. I Honestly, I haven't got into baseball really at all this year. I, don't even, I can't even tell you why. I'm just happy that the Astros didn't make the World Series or, or be champions this year. So well, now we got the Rays and the Dodgers started last night. We're this podcast on Wednesday. They started last night. Dodgers won eight to three. I think I'm going to pull for the Dodgers in this one. I'm an old time Dodger, sort of a Dodger fan. If I wasn't a Yankee yeah. fan, I might be a Dodger fan. Now is oh no, it's it's the Marlins that Jeter's part of. Yeah, that Jeter owns it. He did make the, the playoffs the this year. So yeah. Well, did you see the uh, did you see the video? Um, Bellinger hit that home run the other night and then popped yep. his shoulder popped out of place. Popped his shoulder out of place. Whatever you call. How that. many times have you seen guys in football injure themselves on their celebrations? <laughs> yeah. We all just do away with the celebration altogether. No, that's the fun part of it. I'm glad the NFL is <laughs> no, I, I do too. Do it now. I do too. But they need to not be ignorant about their celebration. Don't slam your helmet into the uh, concrete wall. Don't. Uh, do backflips, those kind of things. Well, sitting here in my basement tonight, we're not we're not anywhere remote. I'm enjoying a nice, refreshing glass of Basil Hayden's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. My neighbor Paul got me hooked on this stuff. So if you like just a smooth sipping whiskey, not a lot of oak to it, not a lot of extra flavors, just a little splash of water in there, it's a pretty good drink. Philip's no, got the ultras you. going on again. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, this this will sound strange. This is we're in his basement, but this podcast is a two part podcast, so half of this one will be uh, at Great Life. Yep, as yep. well. So yeah, it's kind of a split podcast. Here. Yeah, we'll get into that at the end how that worked out. But yeah, we've got some things going on here later that uh, so you'll hear some background noise on some interviews that we have at the end. But uh, 
Hey, let's get to the story of the week. I think Phil, you said you did not have one, or do you have? No, one? I, you know, locally here, we, I saw a pretty good fight on Monday night uh, <laughs> between a couple guys, and uh, ended a little rowdy at a Monday night football club. But I'm not going to bring up any names. But that's uh, that's my story of the week. If you want to know more, just call. <laughs> that's what happens when you start drinking beer at four o'clock and it goes all night with two football we, games. We, we just miss Kelly Kitchener being there to add into the fun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my story of the week actually comes from another one of our loyal listeners, my friend Todd, um, and it's interesting because it actually happened in Oklahoma, but uh, anytime, I, to- I tell you guys, anytime you see something, hear something, want us to talk about something, we're, we're open, we're, we're here to uh, entertain you as well as have some fun on our end, so he sent this link to me, I read it, and immediately I thought this was going to be my story of the week on this next podcast, but uh, so this one takes place in Oklahoma. There were two former Oklahoma County jail guards. Is Oklahoma County, is that Oklahoma City? Oklahoma County, yeah, that's Oklahoma City. So two Oklahoma County jail guards and their supervisor were charged last Monday with cruelty to prisoner offenses for allegedly forcing inmates to stand for hours while listening to the children's song, Baby Shark. You know that song? No. Baby shark, doot, 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 baby shark. Nothing. So that was their punishment. Was yeah, they, they, they just made him listen, listen to that for hours on end. So, yeah, what? and you oh, can thank me later because now everybody out there listening, it's stuck in their head yeah. now, too. So, so but, when you go to jail, you're supposed to be treated a lot better than that, I guess. I guess. So, yeah, they, they made him stand alone in rooms, handcuffed to the wall, and listening to that song on repeat for <laughs> hours on end. So, ah, good. I had another one that I'm going to talk about real quick. Since you didn't have one, it's kind of interesting. And this actually was from a few weeks ago. Um, I've, I've, say, I've held on to it. We didn't have time. We didn't get into it last week. Um, but uh, this one kind of brings it back to both of us here. But, old, you know, the old pirate, Mike Leach. Yeah. He used to be the coach at Texas Tech, went to Washington State. Now he's at uh, Mississippi State. Yep. And what I love is he's at a place now that has an athletic director that's going to so far has let him be himself. So if, if you don't know about this guy, he always wanted to, he's an, he was a, a lawyer, got into football coaching. He was at, oh, was the offensive coordinator at OU? Yep. Yep. Before he went to Texas tech. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's always wanted to be a pirate. He calls himself the pirate. If you guys want some, some fun and, and listen and want to listen to something, go check out some of his podcasts. He'll start talking about possums and you never know where his podcasts are going to go. Have you listened to him several times? Oh, I listen to him almost every week I, when something you comes know, up. I, I followed. I was listening to him one weekend, and and I've got it's a destination I want to go to soon. Um, there's a bar on the Florida Alabama line called Flo-Bama. Florida Alabama. Yep. Yeah, and it's um, it's three stories right on the ocean and all that, and music on every different level. Sort of a little, probably a little bit of a Nashville vibe. I've not been, but I've looked, went to it on Google Maps yep. and searched it and stuff. He says it's his favorite place to go in the world. So I told Lisa, we have got to get down there one of yep, these days. Yeah, that makes we, sense. We were close not long ago. We were close in Mobile. Yep. Um, but never did make it there. But hear him tell his stories. Of, I mean, he evidently, he's a country music fan. He's uh, He kind of gets into politics a little bit, a big Trump guy. Um, but he's his own man. He yep. just speaks oh, he's his voice. Different. He's a ton, ton of fun to listen to. So anyway, Mississippi State's first game of the season. Again, I, this was weeks ago. You're right. But their first game of the season, they they went out and beat the defending national champion LSU and poured it on them. Yes. So right after that, 
when there was a video that surfaced online on Twitter and Facebook and some other stuff. He's riding in a big covered wagon. There's a band on this wagon playing all kinds of different musical instruments, and he's he's telling fans that now's the time to jump on the bandwagon. So <laughs> they're playing all this music, and, uh. and I guess there was an application that the university sent out to donors and fans and students and everybody that you could fill out a bandwagon fan application to get on the bandwagon. I had questions like, how long do you plan on being a fan of the Bulldogs? What's your reason for your transfer? All these kind of random questions. So um, I, I thought that was pretty funny. There'll probably be some more stories come out about Leach if, if they're going to let him uh, do his thing while he's at Mississippi State. So, Well, long as we're talking about coaches, why don't you go a little bit into uh, the Wichita State situation with Greg Marshall? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk and about I've, that. I've, uh, I think uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of times when there's smoke, there's usually fire. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I didn't realize what was really going on a year ago whenever we Oklahoma got one of its better players transferred to Oklahoma. And I thought, yep. why would you leave Wichita State? Well, come to find out, six six scholarship players yeah. have now left yeah. in the last and, year. And another one that wasn't a scholarship. They've yeah, had seven, seven in total. one year, yeah. And so you start thinking those things don't happen. Um, yep. And I don't know that he's actually overly abusive, but in today's coaching field, you probably can't be hardly any abusive. Yeah, it's uh. So, so for those of you that don't know, he the the Wichita State head basketball coach is under an investigation right now for uh, alleged physical and emotional abuse of players, students, and coaches. All three of them. Um, some of the allegations were he's he's accused of shoving a player, punching that same player. Uh, I think they said between the shoulders near his neck. I'm assuming kind of in his back somewhere. Um, attempting to punch a student through a driver right. window, which I don't know if you read that story, but I that's did. pretty funny. Yeah, he's taking his parking spot. Yeah, yeah, he Michael took his G. parking Scott, spot. Don't get in my spot. Yeah, so this this kid uh, parked in his spot. I guess it's a spot where there's a certain building, and and a lot of kids park there just very briefly to run in and get something and yeah. then leave. Um, and so he... Normally, allegedly, punched. right. Normally, when he would do that, he would double park behind them. And, and but this kid got into his car and was taken off. And so Marshall like took off after him and cornered him in some intersection and said, "Do you know who the f I am?" And the kid said that no, he doesn't know who he was. And Marshall tried to reach through the driver's window and punch the kid. So. Sounds like uh, some old stories like Mangino well, when he you was know, at KU. You know how the media gets a hold of a story, and then they've got to go start scraping from where he came from. So yeah. he came from Winthrop, and they went up to Winthrop, and the kids there all started saying that he used to call them names. In particular, he called them a gash, which he'd say, you're just nothing but a big, wet gash. A big, in other words, he's calling them a wuss. Yep. So they, they get this. All the kids said, oh, yeah, they used to. Now – I played for a high school coach that would talk a lot worse than that. <laughs> uh, I mean, he and and I'm sure every a lot of other people have that are above 40 years old, but you almost can't get away with it anymore. No, no, and you. It's see, a little sad because I don't see the, I do not see the getting your butt chewed out pretty good. Eh, I don't know. I never did like being called names. I remember one time our coach called me a. Said he is a chief and I was the papusa. Papoosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he's. If you watch his antics on the sideline, right, you can tell that he's got a short fuse yep. and that he is probably 
has some anger issues. He um, looks like sometimes he's going to punch refs. He, oh, he yeah. Does, if you, yeah, he's ch- he's allegedly choked assistant coach. That right. was another one of them yep. that they, they're investigating. So, yeah, to be honest with you, that was one of those. I, I don't know if it's a product of the, the date and time we're in now, product of I've watched him and I feel like I probably – understand he's got some issues there but when i saw that i was not surprised at all by that i'm surprised it took this long to be but honest with you when you're categorically deny it uh and that's what he's done at both places yeah. he says yep. no way never done any yep. of this 16 20 30 people saying you yep. did do seven it. transfers very, in one year it's very hard for me in a believe. successful program and people lie pete rose told me he didn't gamble on baseball for about 20 years <laughs> So I mean, it is. Uh, yep. I guess it's easier just to go to the media and say I didn't do it, and hope that you're the story of the week and it passes over. But think of the money. There, there's a big law firm out of St. Louis that's coming over and doing the whole investigation. Don't tell them what the university's spending. The university does love him though. Uh, prior to this, yep. Koch brothers are on his. Oh side. yeah, they're on his side, and he flies private jets anywhere he wants to go, and treated like royalty yep. in Wichita, but. He had him number one seed in the NCAA tournament about three or four years ago, yep. so that that happens for you. Yeah, but I don't I don't think he's going to last much longer. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we were talking to a buddy from uh, from Wichita, and he said if the Koch brothers are still behind him, he's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, but if they're not, if they get on the other side, then you can yep. kiss your butt goodbye. So. Well, one other thing before we get into to some topics we want to talk about. I don't know if you saw this, Phil. I just saw this, I think, yesterday, in fact, so I just kind of threw it in here. But uh, I saw that this week, um, and I'm not a big Halloween guy. I don't I do not do anything for Halloween, so I'm, I wasn't going to spend any time talking about Halloween coming up here next week. But um, I saw that this week that for the first time since 1966, It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is not going to air on broadcast television. Huh. So it's going to be available. So it's on typically on ABC, which right. is owned by Apple or not Apple, owned by uh, uh, Disney. Right. But yeah, so it's going to be on I think Apple Plus on October thirtieth through November first. Wonder you can what go they're stream thinking. It. Did they say why yeah, they weren't going to show it? It did not say at all. So it just says it's not going to be on regular broadcast TV, and you got to have the Apple TV right. Plus. I don't think I think it's free. I don't think you have to pay for it, but but it's only going to be on there for a couple of days. So. I wasn't going to watch it anyway. Yeah, so. me either. I just thought nineteen sixty six. That's yeah. a, that's a long time. Snoopy had a good run. Yep. Well, hey, let's get into uh, – let's start a tweet of the week. This is a new something we're going to do. Um, just kind of a random – if we see a tweet that makes us laugh, we think it's funny, uh, interesting, anything like that, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Um, I, I, I didn't give Philip too much of, an, of a warning on this one, so he doesn't have one, but I'm going to read I, I may come up with one pretty – I had one earlier in the week, but let me, let me just see if I can go okay. back to my Twitter and find it. Well, mine's going to blend into our next com- topic of conversation as we get into some football, but my tweet of this podcast here is, is a stat that I saw that just made me laugh when I saw it. Will Howard, for those of you that don't know, is the freshman quarterback. He has one career game and one career start under his belt he has more big 12 road wins in one game than KU has had in the past 4,389 days that is crazy 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 which brings us to probably not a good time for me to be doing a podcast but brings me to what we call in my house hate week yep KU versus K-State 
it's that time of year. It's 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 almost like a holiday more. It's that time of year when we start hearing the phrase, "Well, you just wait until basketball starts." Right. That's so why I was gonna say, as a as a KU fan, at this point, do you just not say anything and don't? I mean, you just keep for years and years. Now, I'm not saying Oklahoma State hasn't beaten Oklahoma, but for years and years, on this same week that we have down there, Oklahoma State fans were just belligerent. It just seems like they always are. Boy, we're gonna kill you this, you know, year after year, and you go on twenty game win streaks, and you'll think. When are you going to just shut up and not say anything? So the answer to your question is no. It took until all of Monday afternoon until I got Somebody a, said a, a text uh, that yeah. said, K-State's going to have to win every game for the next 15 years to even the series with KU. That was the text I got. I won't say who it was from. Here's the thing, Phil, and I'm going to rant for a couple minutes. <laughs> Kelly, I know you listen to Get our it. podcast. Just skip the next about two minutes of our podcast. You'll be fine. If I started talking about how good K-State basketball was in the 50s when it's basketball season, and I'm talking to a KU fan, the first thing they would tell me is, is I'm an idiot, and you need to look at the, at the programs now. Not, I don't care what they did in the 50s. And I completely get that argument. That's why I would never make that claim, but I get that argument. But football, it's the same, it's the same stuff. KU fans, oh, we own the all-time series. Oh, they got to win 15 more. And, and they're correct, but... Uh, you know, yeah, dumbass, look at the programs here recently. If you're 30 years old today, 30 years old right now, KU has won this game four times in your yeah. lifetime. Four yeah. times. And the way it's going, we may very well win the next 15 years to even the series. Yep. Um, I'd be awesome if we what did. shocked me. But... Because I don't see improvement at KU. No, uh, most of the victories they're talking about was before that person's even born. Yep. And I still get, you know, I I, I joke around I'm like, oh, I really wish we would have won that game in 1922. That one still burns my ass. No, we should have won that game. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 funny when I hear that, but I guess I'm glad we've dominated the series while I've been alive instead of dominating it during World War One. <laughs> so I I don't know that they're. What is your what is the runner record right now on that thing? I I don't know what it the all time it's fifteen. We're K, KU's fifteen games ahead of K State right now in the yeah. all time record. I don't know what the record is, but well, I'll tell you this for for a period of time, um, and you know this well as, as everybody out there listening for a period of about twenty years or thirty years, K State was probably didn't win a game. Oh, they were horrible, close, yeah. And K, K, yep. you might not have been very good at that time. Well, that's either. the problem. Is most of the time they were both pretty bad. Right, both both very. I mean, we actually, when I was a kid growing up, you, you almost didn't watch on weekends at KU and K State because because we'd hang a half hundred before halftime. Oh yeah, and you'd yep. everybody go home. I think one year they ended in like a three three or six six tie to be yep. the worst team in the country. So <laughs> no, it was pretty bad. So yeah, getting to uh, the game this weekend. Big news this week, Puka transfer or is opting out of the season, so they don't know if he's going to come back, but he's basically given up on this season. I guess his mom's pretty sick. That's what I've heard. I get that, I guess. If if it's a situation where you haven't been home, your mom's not doing well, I can see it. I just thought it was kind of weird timing that he waits till four games into the season that's for him has been a disappointing season. I mean, all it conference and and I don't think he has a couple hundred yards rushing in four games. Um, obviously, right before the K State game, I, I just think it's weird timing for him to decide to opt out now. Yep. So, you know, watching college football in the last week, I don't know if you want to rant a little bit more. You want to go a little bit more into your 
Okay. But well, I just I, I had a couple numbers that was interesting to me. I mean, KU scored ten points in the West Vir- in the first quarter of the West Virginia game last week. Yep. That's the first time they've scored ten points in the first quarter in a road game since two thousand eight. Hmm. So twenty or thirteen years since Annabelle's then. lifetime. So and, and it's <laughs> funny. I don't. I've listened to KU football games on occasion. Um, back when Bob Davis was doing them, I don't listen to that Haney Brian Haney guy that does them now as much. I always think it's funny when you listen to a team like that and you listen to the announcers and they're trying to put lipstick on a pig. Yeah. And it's so. But I remember a few years ago, early two thousands ish, when we played against Nebraska, and that was when Nebraska was starting their downhill slide. Right. And we beat them like fourteen to, or forty nine to ten, forty nine to thirteen, something in that range. And the announcer for Nebraska on the radio got all excited because they had set a school record for kickoff return yardage in a game. I'm like, well, yeah, we kicked you nine times that game. <laughs> I mean, you get enough kickoffs, you're going to set the record. So that was it was funny. I, I, it's interesting to listen to and how they try to turn things around. But I'm with you, Philip. I mean, I honestly last year I thought they had some. I thought they looked like they were getting better. Yeah. Um, and then this year, it's, I think they're worse than they were last year. I mean, I think it's definitely going in the wrong direction. I don't think the right hire was to go after Les Miles. It's, was, he seems to me like he's lost it more than ever. Well, they did with Charlie Weiss, too. They go out and get a big name, and it helps with the ticket sales initially. Yeah. But And, and I, think Les, I think they think with Les Miles, and I know him and the athletic director have a, have a relationship. But I think Les Miles, I think they literally thought if they go sit down in these houses and he flashes his national championship ring – Talks about Odell Beckham, who I don't know if you saw today, got uh, kicked off the LSU campus for two years for passing out money to kids. But I think they really thought people would just and like, he acted like a horse's ass on the sideline this past weekend too yeah, at the game. Yeah. He just he's not a good teammate. No. So I, I just think that sometimes that you know, getting that big hire, if you can string some recruits together in a class or two right you can get the ship turned around they have not done that no nope. um and so i think you yeah, the the uh they, the I newness of it's wore the, off and they got the wrong guy and it's not going to get any better now no. it's either going to happen immediately with him or it's not going to happen at all i mean they're they they have a coordinator you got to give guys shots i get this but their offensive coordinator was coaching at an nai school wasn't even the offensive coordinator i don't think they're um two years ago and good so, step for him yeah great paid pay yeah, raise great there pay so. Raise. so yeah so no i mean i guess if, if we're gonna pick a winner in this game just uh I, I mean i think we'd all pick k-state i was looking at the line it was about 17 when puka announced he was gone it's gone up to 19 and a half now i expect so, him to win by four touchdowns well and i would expect that yeah. if we had skylar thompson yeah. freshman quarterbacks and working through that still bothers me if you put a gun to my head, I would tell you I'd probably take KU in the points just because this game tends to be a little bit closer than I want it to be. Um, obviously, K-State's going to win, but i take KU in the points right now. But as I'm thinking about it, and I was thinking about it today, I probably wouldn't bet. I, I don't bet, for the most part, KU or K-State. I bet KU last week against KU. I bet on West Virginia, and the kickoff return at the end of the game screwed me out of money. So they covered the spread. So they'll get a backdoor cover or something like that, like they always do. The game will never be in doubt. But and if we'll you see. want to, if you want to go to the game, I've got a way to get in for free. Um, you can work in the suites, <laughs> serving people, and working up in the suites area. 
for Express Employment. So give me a call if you want to work up in the suites this this Saturday's game. You have to be there. I think it's eleven o'clock kickoff, isn't it? It is eleven o'clock. So yep. I think uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna get in for free, you have to be there at six in the morning and start working. But <laughs> it'll get you in the game. Yep. Well, we had another request from one of our listeners, Jeremy. Um, and hey, Jeremy, we will uh, we'll send you a gift from from Russ and Leonard over at Thrivent for uh, making a suggestion we're going to use in our podcast. But he said, at least during the football season, he'd like us to do a pick of the week and pick a game that we that we like. Um, if you've listened to our picks so far, that's they have. Not I probably been good. wouldn't put money on it. But I said, you know what? We'll give it a shot. We have somebody who wants to. Wants us to do that. So, you know, I was looking at some games, Big Ten, first week. Probably going to stay away from yeah, those games. I won't games. do that. I've, so, got a, I've got two picks. I One I thought was interesting. Clemson's got the biggest spread against um, Syracuse in, like, Syracuse history. Yep. I think there's a 46 points for something unbelievable. And I thought... I might take Clemson on that sucker because yep. Clemson is so incredibly good. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Who was the Who was the Florida State quarterback that was really good a few years ago? I'm just drawing a blank on his name. Had the whole crab legs issue. He's been oh in trouble yeah, so plays in the NFL. Yeah, um, I'm drawing a blank. I know who you're talking. Anyway, about. when and he was, y'all know who he's talking about, good looking black kid that's <laughs> when he stole was at, crab when legs. he was at Florida State. I remember every week that those lines um, would go up 35, yeah. 40, 45. And they covered every – I took a game. I think they were like a 52-point favorite. I was actually in Las Vegas, took that game, and they covered easily. Yeah. So He's he's not been as great in the NFL as uh, – and I can't think of his name. I'll they, look it if up. I was look, if I was picking a game this week, I'd stay in the state of Florida, and I'd take Miami over Virginia, 11-and-a-half-point uh, favorite. Miami, Miami's pretty good. Virginia, starting quarterback, injured during the week this week. Um I think Miami's back to uh, could be good before too long again. So, yeah. do you like one, Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston, that's right. I do like one. So, um, I was kind of looking. You know, again, I I, I was thinking about. I, I think there's probably some value in some Big Ten picks just because everybody's new. So, yeah. I, Penn State's not going to be as good this year as they were last year, and I, I heard Minnesota's got a lot of COVID issues. So I think there's some value, and I was thinking about Michigan State minus 13.5 against Rutgers. I'm more betting against Rutgers than I am for Michigan State in that well, game because it's a bad football team. Rutgers is bad. But I think the one I like, I'm going to take a decent spread too here, but I think the one I like is uh, Alabama minus 21 at Tennessee. Yep, so I like it. Tennessee lost by 27 last week to Kentucky. Yep. And I think we'd all agree that Alabama is better than Kentucky. I would tell you right now, just from the little bit we've watched, and of course we haven't seen any big team ten teams play. There's nobody even close to Alabama and Clemson. So well, so the last four years, Alabama's won this game by twenty two, thirty seven, thirty nine, thirty eight. So I like that twenty one point spread. Something that was interesting though, as I was looking doing some research on this game. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about now you can have all these coaching analysts and they're not really assistant coaches right. and the That's teams what, that have a lot of money. Mike, Mike Stoops got so, hired to, to do that. So yeah. listen to the four coaching analysts at Alabama right now. Butch Jones, Charlie Strong, Major Applewhite, Mike Stoops. Yep. All four of those were Division One football coaches yep. within the last year or two. So does Alabama That's pretty make good. money? Uh, apparently they have a little more of a budget than K-State has. Yeah. Isn't that something? Major Applewhite, isn't that a name from the blast from the past? Uh, Major Applewhite, did, where did he coach at? 
Was he in a Texas school, North Texas or not? North that wasn't Texas, North uh, Texas. I don't remember. Uh, but Major Applewhite, though, yeah, but, yeah. did not get a chance to start back whenever he should have been starting against Chrissy Sims. Chrissy got the starts over Major, and Major was probably a better player than Chrissy. Um, so I, I used to always think, I wish Major would just come up to Oklahoma. He was good. Yep. I thought he was yep. really good. Well, there's there's one more thing we want to talk talk about before we get into our interview. We're going to play at the end of this, but uh, we've got some new things going on in Salina, um, and so well, I know we have a lot of local listeners, and so we just wanted to kind of run through some things so everybody kind of knows what's going on here in town and some of these places we've been to, some of them we have not, but uh, just kind of wanted to give you a rundown of everything and and uh, kind of let you know what's happening. So if there's something you you haven't heard about, you might be interested in go check it out and support the the local places here while uh while they're struggling i guess so but it's interesting that we have all this stuff opening up right now because you wouldn't think we'd have a lot of places opening up you want to talk about a couple of those well the we're saying new things in salina and where this is mostly in with the new development downtown most of these things that we're going to talk about are on santa fe yep which good for santa fe every town that's worth its weight and uh it's has got a good downtown and we didn't for many years, and we're really turning this yep. thing around. And I know other communities. Um, I've heard of, of people in other communities saying we're a little jealous what's going on in Salina. So yep. good for Salina that I mean it, it is an expense to it and everything, but but some good things are going on downtown. Um, we Kevin and I went out with our wives last Tuesday, I believe, and ate at Barolo or Barolo Grill. Grill. Yep, I thought it was really good. It's it's kind of a high, a little bit more expensive place. Um, Kevin can probably tell you what we we ate better than I can because uh, I just thought, well, whatever looks the best uh, on the picture, I'll take. But you but it, it was well. pretty good. Um, yeah, I've been really excited about this one. Um, this is uh, Jason who owns Dimaru, um, and yeah. Kevin O'Brien who, uh, for those of you, he was at the Country Club for a long time and. Uh, was the head chef out at uh, Renaissance Cafe for a long time. So I've known Kevin for, for a long I've known Kevin and Jason both for a long time. But I was really excited. This one uh, took a while to get off the ground, had some issues with the city, I think, with some permits and stuff. Um, it's supposed to be open quite a bit earlier than, than they did. But, you know, Potentially honestly. Potentially a year ago, and it's just yes, opening. So yes. That yep. much of a delay. And I think yep. that delay may, may hurt them a little bit. Yep. So. No, we, uh, yeah, so I, I thought the restaurant was nice. The ambiance was good. The decor was good. I thought it was pretty modern. I, I really enjoyed the place. Um, it's, it's, it looks kind of small, but yet it's kind it's, it's still plenty of space there. So, um, I, I can tell you, I ordered a steak. And what I really like about this place is when you order a steak, you can, a, you can do different preparations of the steak. So they grill it, but then you can do, um, I think just simply grilled as an option. I think, gorgonzola sauce is an option which that gorgonzola sauce i think it's the same they put on their gorgonzola salad uh-huh. i drink that stuff out of a cup i think that stuff is so good yeah um you can do it with uh brown butter and shallots which is what i did or you can do like a, a dijon crawfish i think it was something like that and i think there was a little upcharge on that but so you can do something different and i forgot until we ate there how good crispy shallots are i i used to do that a lot at home and uh, kind of got away from that, and I forgot how good that was until I had that. So it was pretty good. Good wine list. Good uh, for the most part. Good wine list. Good drinks. Yeah, I, I, it was it was good. But like I said, it, it's it's expensive. I wouldn't take all of my kids down there and eat or anything like that. And then the second one that Kevin and I have both gone to that's new downtown 
is uh, Yaw Yaw's yep. in the uh, in the new Homewood Suites Hotel there on, on Santa Fe. And uh, I only went in an evening that they were playing live music outside about three weeks ago. And it was very nice weather, set outside, had a good band from um, McPherson. And all we ate was um, some appetizers. So mm-hmm. I didn't really get a meal. We took home a wood-burnt pizza, wood, yep. you know, yep. wood-cooked steak, whatever, pizza. And... Uh, so I haven't ate what you have said that it's really good. Yes, I, I I really enjoy this place. It's not the same people that own the one in Wichita's, but it's the same restaurant. Um, pretty good. It, it's my place, my choice if I want a, a cocktail. When I say a cocktail, I'm not talking about a Jack and Coke. I mean, if you're an old one old fashioned or a Manhattan and a Negroni, some sort of a good good cocktail. That's the place to go. They know how to make their cocktails there. But do they uh, have sex on the beach there? I'm sure they do. Right. I'm sure they do. <laughs> no, no sand though. Um, the outdoor setting area is really it is nice. nice. It's got fires, pits out there. Um, we set outside, so I haven't yep. been on the inside. But I walked through to the inside, and the inside is really nice as well. Roomy. The crowd was. Me and Lisa just went to a football game, so when we went in, we felt. A little underdressed. Yep. Most of the crowd there the night that we went was dressed, um, you know, semi-professional. Yep. Uh, it's not somewhere that you'd probably go in and not that they would care. There's not a dress code, but you it does have a little bit of a country club feel to it. Yeah, it's good food. If you if you do go there, they have a they have a little bread and dip that they bring out to your table. Um, if you're not familiar with baba ganoush, it's very similar to hummus, but it's made out of eggplant instead of chickpeas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff is so good. I, mean, I could just go there and eat that. They don't actually have it on the menu, unfortunately. So the other thing that I really like about Yaya's, um, and and I'm just going to be blunt, and I apologize if there's any restaurant owners that listen to this here in town. Wine lists in this town suck. They absolutely suck. If you want a glass of wine, I like to do a cocktail beforehand and then maybe a glass of wine with my meal. If you don't want to order a bottle and you just want a glass, all they have is like Robert Mondavi or um, Kendall Jackson, like just crap. Boone Strawberry Hill. Well, that too. Yeah, I'm sure that's on some of them here in town. But no, <laughs> Yaya's actually has a really good wine list. Yeah. If you just want a glass of wine, they do have a lot of options. So you don't have to get a whole bottle and, and sit there and get completely trashed while you're trying to have a meal. Next thing that's open downtown, and I have not been to this yet. They had a soft opening last week at Flapjacks. Uh, yeah. Something that I'm excited about because in Salon, you know, we can go eat breakfast at IHOP or out at Perkins, but there's not a... I always love local, small-owned yep, restaurants. Like, like I've told place, you, that's yep. what I grew up in my life, and and breakfast especially. I miss Tom's Apple Tree's old breakfast. Yep. I haven't been to Flapjacks yet, but I went to their Facebook page today, looked at their uh, their menu. They got a you know great breakfast and lunch menu. They'll serve breakfast all day till three o'clock. I think they close at three every day. They do. Yep, um, eight, eight to three. I think. So it's like it's going to be worth getting down there and uh, and having breakfast on the weekends. So if if you haven't looked at it yet, look at it's Flapjacks J A X, and it's right next door to Martinelli's. Correct. It's in Robbie's famous cheesecakes. Yeah. So yeah, it's a uh, it's open eight to three Wednesday through Sunday. Um, it, and they also, outside of breakfast stuff, they also have some burgers, wraps, right. salads, mac and cheese type stuff for lunch. Baked what's, what's in, It's an interesting concept when I was, as I was doing some research on it, because like you, I haven't been there yet. Um, and if I'm understanding it correctly, uh, what they're planning or what they're trying to do is hire mostly single mothers to give them a, a flexible working environment right. so they can 
support their families um, and still be around for their families, but also obviously have a job and, and make that money. So it's an interesting concept, and we'll see how that goes. Well, also downtown, there's two more. There's yep. two more open down that just opened recently. Now, Apron Strings Kitchen Store um, has been open since 2008 in Hutchinson. So right. it's, it's an expansion yep. into Salina, which I'm sure they wanted to get in on the uh, hopefully the potential growth of downtown Salina. Right. But it, it sells... You know, I was, I was looking at it, and, you know, Michael and Jim own the store downtown. Um, what's their store called? Michael Chambers store. Uh, Jim on the corner where they sell all that. Ah, I, I, I sound like a fool if Michael and Jim are listening. Um, but anyway, it, it looks similar to the same kind of stuff they sell. Some some uh, kitchen things, some, some knickknacks that goes in your – for decorations. Basically, what I'm telling you is it's a more of a – driven towards probably a woman than it is towards Philip. Some guys will probably like well, it too, but Philip is probably not going to be shopping. I don't I don't know if they're going to do this here or not, but it looks like at least in Hutchinson they do year-round cooking classes. Yeah, and they give they have recipes that yep. and everything you can go through. So, it's probably a pretty interesting thing. It's probably not high on my list, but I bet Lisa will be down there pretty quickly. Um Yep. The market store you know, oh, the market oh, store. Okay, yep, yep. Sorry about that, Michael. If you're listening, the market store. <laughs> that's uh, Jim. That's uh, uh, similar. I, I was just looking at their Facebook page, and it looked like they had similar type things. Although I think that the marketplace has more of an expanded because they'll do shirts, you know, the, all kinds of seasonal things okay. uh, that are. Uh, this one's more strictly kitchen. Yeah, I think it's a lot more kitchen stuff. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, and it's it's located. Also, 143 South Santa Fe. All these things are within a block yep. or two of yep. each other that we've talked about. Yep. So the other one we're going to talk about is on Santa Fe as well, the Bath Pub. Um, I don't know a lot about this one. I've seen a lot of social media stuff here over the last couple of weeks. Um, on the website, it says that they're going to feature bath, body, pet, and, and home products customized by you. So I kind of get the idea you get to kind of pick a scent and a color, and then they kind of make whatever, whether it's a candle or a bath something or other. Now, I just saw pictures of this, but, I, it, you know, the salts that you can put in. It yep. looks like you go in and there's 50-gallon barrels of those salts that you can buy so much of the salts. Yep. And what's amazing to me is I'm sure your daughter does it, and my daughter does it, has these bath, bath bombs. bombs. Oh, all, yeah. They just go through them like crazy. So this is a, is a trendy thing that probably they're going to get – they're going to get mothers and daughters in there and buying the thunder out of this stuff. Also sell essential oils and, yep. and things like that in this store. And it's, it's on one Oh nine South well, Santa Fe. I almost, I got excited for a second when I was checking out their website, when I saw this place opening, because it says after you pick your color, your sin, all that stuff it says, relax at our bar while the bath bub baristas mix it up for you. I'm really? thinking if I could sit down and have a cocktail while they're doing while this they're shopping, but no, their bath bar is just where they make it. There's no alcoholic beverages ah. there. So, yeah, I was bummed out when I when I saw that. So, so I'll still wait in the car. So, yeah. The but those one. are those are five five things yep. that we were talking about. And there's there are a couple other things that are opening up new in town. We we might have already talked about the uh the new place where you can go get sushi and Oh, yeah. 
yeah, Mamoya. Mamoya. Yep. No, that's good stuff there. Really so. good there. And, and wasn't I, a fan of the ramen, but the sushi, everything I've had there outside of that, and friendliest good, people so. you ever meet when you go in there. They're good people. Yeah. There's also a, a rise and grind. I just saw the sign this past week in driving down Crawford Street. It's over on Elmore Center. Oh, across over from next, Central. Across from High Central, school. next to Coel Banker. There. Yeah. Um, it's not open yet. I, I reached out to Amber to ask her if she knew anything about that. Because I just saw the sign, I can't seem to find anything, and she said there's a deal on the door saying they're open in November. I kind of got okay. the idea that it's kind of a smoothie and coffee type place, but uh, I don't know that for sure. So we'll we'll be on the lookout for that as as that opens up. That's awful close to Mocha's. If you're going to be is. in that kind of a business, we got all, you well, need to get away from Mocha's. One. Yeah, we got all kinds of new ones. Yeah. So. Um, and then again, I just want to put a plug in for this event coming up here in a couple of weeks. Cause we probably won't, it, we won't uh, record again, but if you have nothing to do on November 7th and yep. you're looking for something to do, go check out hairball. If you've never been there at the bison or I'm sorry, at the Tony's pizza event center. Sorry, Susan, not the bicenter anymore. I'm telling you it's the best 20 bucks you'll spend all year. I promise yep. you, if you don't like that, I don't want to go so far to say I'll give you your money back because I don't get that money, but it's a fun time. They now have they that now it's Paramount's opening band, so we have a local band that's pretty good opening up for them. Um, it's just a fun, fun time. If you love that seventies, eighties, maybe nineties, Van Halen, music, Queen, metal, uh, you'll love it. <laughs> love it. If you like Kiss, if you like uh, Aerosmith, if you like uh, Motley Crue. Yep. And then they say, you know, I was on their website today um, reading a little bit about well, I was making I was seeing if there was any specific rules that the uh, buy center was going to put on people. It doesn't look like there really is. I think there are some rules as far as size of bags and purses you could bring yeah. in. Um, they're I was they're trying to distance people mask. with tickets, yeah. but that's it. I think they're trying to social distance people within the arena and try to put space between you and, and a group who gets tickets close to you. But that's it, yeah, as far as yep. I can see. I mean, you're going to be drinking beer and stuff there, so it's going to be tough so, to wear a mask. Right. So then I, I uh, as I was trying to figure this out, I went and read a little bit about them, and they said they actually add. I mean, you, you might be surprised. They'll, they'll add in somebody new almost every yes. show. Yep. So, it's always so, different. Uh, always different. If you've seen them before, go see them again because you're not going to see the yep. same show. There's some that are, I mean, every time I've been there, they've done Queen. I think every time I've, I've been there, they've done Guns N' Roses. So there's definitely some that they do every time. But, yeah, there's been a lot of different ones each time I've been there. So You know, one of the funnest things that they do, and it's emphasized, and if you go, you'll you'll see this. Not only do they – there's three lead singers that come out. The rest of the band stays the same. But these three guys switch and go switch into uniforms. And we've yep. talked about this before. But they also completely change the sets like the, the the background sets and things like that, and they're, they're On pyrotechnics them, yep. and yep. all that stuff. Um, they'll turn into Kiss, and you don't even know, go, oh, my God, all of a sudden they went from Motley Crue to Kiss. Yep. The whole oh. background and everything. Oh, yeah, the fireworks, all the pyrotechnics yeah. and stuff you expect at a Kiss concert, they have them. No, yeah, they've it's, got it's them. It's great. So November 7th, if you're not doing anything, um, come go go spend $20 on a ticket. You might even be able to buy them for $10. I don't know, uh, up towards the top. But I promise you it's going to be the best 20 bucks you spend all year. This is Wednesday, November 21st. So if you listen to it before Friday night, come out Friday night. It's South Central Football. October 21st. Not I mean, October. 21st. October. Yeah. But it's, it's South Central Football <laughs> yep. this Friday night. So the kids are all excited about that. Uh, 
you know, in, in probably in most famous kids that are in high school get excited about this week about as much as anything in, in town. Uh, I think Central's won it the last couple of years. If I'm, do you I, have any I idea? I, I know you've got a what, a one win South team against a right. zero win. Well, no, they've got one yeah, win. They, they one beat Ark well? City. Okay. Um, the districts that they play in is tough. They've yeah. got some good play, but the, one of them will come out with two wins after this yeah. game, one way or the other. But uh, exciting for the kids, and and of course with my daughter dancing. That both they let both the South and the Central girls do a, the, their yep. halftime yep. shows. Still haven't got the band involved in it yet, which is you know, I, because of COVID. But uh, yep. But but anyway, it's it's a, be a fun Friday night. It's going to be chilly. It is going to be a little chilly. Yeah. Yep. So bundle well, up if you come. So yeah. So next we're going to uh, like we mentioned before, we're going to play an interview we did a couple weeks ago. Um, we didn't have time to put it in the last podcast. Honestly, we probably don't have time as I'm looking at the clock now. But it is what it is. Apologize for the length. Um, Phil had his rant on OU football two weeks ago, so we ended up pushing this to this week, thinking maybe we could do a shorter podcast and add it. So you're going to hear some background noise. It was recorded when we were at Great Life two weeks ago. But we had Amber Renfro from Colwell Banker come on with us. And uh, I asked her to come on the podcast because we, we're talking about some Salina stuff on this one. And yep. the housing market's been very interesting in Salina over the over the past 12 months, but specifically since COVID started. And uh, so I asked her to come on, talk a little bit about that. We've got some questions for her. Um, keep in mind, like I said, this was recorded a couple weeks ago. So a few of these numbers might be a little bit off or we might mention some dates or something that, that are a few weeks in the past. But... Uh, I, I'm guessing they're still pretty close. So take a listen to this interview here. And a yes, Amber, you still owe us an answer to a question. So after this is is uploaded and we have people listening, you're going to have to answer that question on Facebook. And she told me she is prepared for that answer. So right. we'll uh, we'll cut away to this interview here, and we'll be back in a few minutes. We wanted to talk a little bit about the real estate market in Salina. So we brought uh, Amber Renfro on with us from Colwell Banker. Full disclosure, she is my realtor. We had, what's about four years ago now, we, uh, we were at a charity event and negotiating on a house contract while I was drinking straight bourbon. You can imagine how good she that went. She got the went. best end of that deal. Yeah, she did. We did right. close the deal. At one point, I said, this is the last time that we're going to go back and make an offer. If they don't take this, I've had too much to drink. We're going to stop. We're going to regroup and do this tomorrow. Is this the home you live in now? It is the home I live in now. You'd be surprised how many times negotiations end with a drinking event. Well, I'm okay with them ending with a drinking event. Yeah. It's just the drinking during. She kicked you into starting (laughs) it with that. All right. Good job. Yeah. So, hey, let's start. Before There's a couple of reasons we wanted to bring Amber on the podcast we'll get into. But to start with Amber, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background the business, how long you've been doing it, what got you into it, all that kind of good stuff. Okay, so I graduated from South High and went off to college at Johnson County Community College and came back to Salina. My mom had started real estate about four years earlier and I didn't know what I wanted to do, so she wanted me to be her assistant. And so I joined her and about three to four years after that, I went full time and this January will be 21 years that's hard realtor. to believe. I know. I don't feel old enough to... I'll tell you a funny story, too. I've known Amber for a long time. So when she was a freshman in high school, I was the aide for the PE teacher in that class. <laughs> and what grade were you in? 
what year did you graduate? 98. So I would have been a junior at that okay. point. So I, I did it both junior and senior year. I couldn't remember. You look was, a lot so. older than her. <laughs> Thank you. I, that's surprising. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. That, that really helps us out here. So, okay. Well, the reason I wanted Amber to come onto the podcast here um, is, and, and as a lot of you know, my wife also is kind of in the real estate business. Sorry. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, my wife is also kind of in the real estate business, and I've seen some things going on in the market here over the past eight to 10 months, and honestly, some of it completely opposite of what you would ex- expect with COVID and all of the crap going on right now. And so I wanted Amber to come on and kind of share some of her expertise and her experiences on what she's been going on. One of the things that I've, I've seen a lot recently is that a lot of the houses that I'm aware of from my wife appraising them and things like that, a lot of houses are actually going for significantly more than the asking price or what the people are trying to sell the house for. And some of the cases, it's double-digit percentages. So what have you, over the last 10 months or so, seen that? Uh, we've talked about that, and you've seen that as well. What, what do you think is the reason for that, or what are the reasons for people offering that much money for these houses? Well, Kevin, we are very low on inventory in Salina, and I think everyone that you talk to would acknowledge that. Um, when COVID hit in February and March, that's normally the peak season when people are getting their houses ready to put on the market. And with COVID, they instead you know, got all their stuff ready. They did their home improvements, their landscaping, and then either they didn't go back to work or their job had uncertainties. And you know, they just didn't put their houses on the market. So we have buyers that are ready to move, but we just don't have anywhere for them to go. And it just hasn't even out um, to what it used to be. Typically, this time of year, we have, last year exactly at this time, we had 112 active listings. And right now, we have 54 wow. active listings across the board. That's zero to a million dollars. Um, we just have no inventory whatsoever. And, and the problem is, is sellers want to sell, but they don't have a place to buy. Right. And, you know, we're, we're trying to implement different uh, solutions for them. You know, we've got some investors who are willing to do a two and three month lease agreement. So if somebody sells their house right away, then they could go into a rental and find the wait for the right one to come along and, and move into that. But it's not an ideal scenario. I don't want to move twice. Yeah. But houses are, so w- when something gets listed and it's priced correctly and it's in good condition, you know, a lot of us have four to eight buyers ourselves for every price range. And so that's why you're seeing the multiple offers um, in real estate. And, you know, I'd say five years ago, an above asking price might have been $1,500 would probably be the top. And right now, I, I just had one that was $10,000 yeah. over. I mean, so. I, I've seen some, and talking to my wife, they're 8 to 10% sometimes yeah. over the asking yeah, price. Yeah, which is just incredible. And, and usually there, there's a situation where there maybe is multiple people interested in the house and those right. sort of things. But right. Uh, right. That, that drives that up a little bit. But yeah, that's to me, that's absolutely is, are crazy. Are these houses at all price ranges? From the low to the high, oh, they're yeah. all getting the same. Yeah, most of the, the ones that are going for substantially more than the asking price are 150 and over. Uh, a lot of them you see in the, the, two, the upper 200s and $300,000 houses. Well, and I've talked, I don't know if you've had conversations with you. I've talked to some friends, Phil, that are like selling their house just because. They're like, hey, we can make a crap load of money right now. The market's good. 
I don't have a place to go, but I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to make money, and we'll figure it out from there. But with me, I, I told you before that we'd had a couple of offers on our house. That it's not even for sale, but we've had people come in and say things. What held us back was where are we going to go? Right. I don't want to um, go back and live in the trailer park again, although that was some of the funner time of my life. So maybe <laughs> I should do that. You should do that. <laughs> I, for some reason, I think there's a few people in your family that wouldn't appreciate wouldn't that. Fit, yeah, yeah. So. But, it, but that was the truth of the matter was we said it would have looked really good for us at the time. Yeah. But there was nowhere to go that would even be right. close to, re- to reasonable. We would have probably ended up upside down on it. Yep. Right. And yep. to, to give you a perspective of the low inventory price ranges, so of the 54 houses that we have listed right now, um, 17 of those are above 150000 So if you're looking for a house between $250,000 and $300,000, you have two options active on the market right now. Both of them are new construction and not even you know within 45 days of being completed. That's all that's on the market right now in mm-hmm. that price range? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Everything else is above... Yep. Two fifty or below one fifty. Well, above above two fifty. I mean, three hundred to four hundred thousand. You've got four houses to choose from, and above four hundred, you're at, at two houses. So if you're picky, it's not a good time. No. And does that include people that are just listing on Zillow, or is that just through this realtors? Is just, this right. is just our MLS, MLS correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we say that like we know what's going on, but <laughs> I hear about MLS every day, so. Well, one of my questions was, is there a range that currently has a shortage for houses? But apparently that's everything. 150 and up. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned new construction. And one of the things that I've seen, I live in a neighborhood where there's been a lot of building lately. Um, But uh, the one thing that interests me or that I'm trying to get a grasp of is it seems like there is a lot of new construction in this town. Yeah. but when you look at the census numbers, the population of Salina is not going up. Now, I get, I, I get that some of those people maybe don't fill out their census forms, and there's some things that politically that we're not going to get into on this discussion. But it, it's interesting to me that we have so much new construction, but we still don't. And we have nobody moving to town, supposedly, but we still don't have any houses that are available. Is there a lot more people that are like rent, like buying investment properties and renting them and that sort of thing than there has been in the past? Um, we do have a lot of investment properties, but I, I do think people are moving to town for you know our industries, for our, our uh, medical professions. We do have a lot of doctors that come into this town that buy either new construction or the you know above two hundred and fifty price range. With the amount of new construction that we have right now, if something is halfway done, people should be taking advantage of those new construction homes because cost is going up. Right. So a $350,000 house in 2019 cannot be built for $350,000 now because lumber is almost three times more than what it, it was last year. And That's crazy. It is. And, and it's all due to COVID. You know, when COVID started the lumber yards were all shut down and the mills were shut down and then people started doing their home projects and needing all these things and we got back to work and it's just behind. So it's, it, it, if you can find a new construction right now, I would take advantage of it because starting from the ground right now, keep going up. it's just, you're not going to get a $350,000 house for 350000 Yeah, that, that, that is crazy to me. I, I've heard that the construction costs are going up, but I guess I didn't realize it was that drastic. 
So. Not only going up, but I've heard of concrete people not being able to even. I mean, there's such a wait on it, months, months delay because a couple of reasons. One is uh, they they can't get to it. Uh, not enough employees to get two things that they right. need to get done with the guys in town that own the, the what, what are you calling them, the people who put in the concrete basements uh, and everything. Uh, I had a lady tell me out at ADM that she uh, her kids were building a house north of here, and there was a three-month wait just for the concrete person. So you start adding those things of waiting up and the cost of the lumber going up. And I don't know, but building a new house right now on your own, wouldn't it be more higher than ever? Absolutely. Even something as simple as building a fence. I mean, lumber yeah. on that's three times more, and, yeah. and getting fence material is, is a struggle right now. We've got a lot of people that are doing their home improvements in their backyard and can't build a deck or a right. fence right now. because I know those. I'm in the labor business, and I'm telling you right now, there is such a shortage of people on everything that um, I bet they mark up the prices even on their labor more than they've ever marked it mm-hmm. up because it's such a difficult time to find people that will even go to work. Right. Yep. Wow. Well, the other thing that's been interesting to me, and I, I think I sent you this question, and yes, normally we don't prepare our guests, but I did prepare Amber for some questions because I knew she would have some t- statistics and things like that that we wanted to make sure we got across. But uh, I think I asked you this question, but this is more of a personal opinion for me than anything, but it seems like in Salina we have a crap load of realtors in this town for the amount of houses, especially if there's only 50 or whatever on the market right now. But what would you tell somebody, Amber, that would want to get into the real estate business? Because I know a lot of people are kind of, well, I'll do it on the side, kind of part-time and and that sort of thing. So I, I know that's a big chunk of, of the realtors. But what would you tell somebody who would be interested in getting in the real estate business today in Salina? Did what? I prepare you for that? <laughs> no, you didn't, but that's oh. fine. But No, that's fine. I Sorry can... I had all this stuff prepared anyways. So definitely, if you're thinking about getting into real estate, it needs to be your full-time job. It's tough to be in it for part-time because, you know, say a listing comes up at 9 a.m. and you don't get off work till 3 o'clock, it's, that could be it sold could be by sold then. Before, yeah. yeah, so, I, you know, as long as you're passionate about it and, and want to go out there and work hard and, and you know, Real estate is about reputation and, and service, and you know as long as you can supply that to your clients and and make it happen, then then go for it. But you can't be lazy in this business at all. I well, mean, I've worked every single holiday there is and, to possibly And I work. think people think that just do it on the weekends. Yeah, you just if a couple phone calls and, a, and you know go somewhere here and there, and it's fine. And I can tell you, my wife is is a real estate appraiser. And she has a lot of people that come up and ask her to help them get in the business and things like that. And they truly do think that they could just walk in and look at houses. Yeah. You only work like three hours a day. I could do this on the weekend. It's crazy to me that that people think that. Right. I mean, even on vacations, if you're a busy realtor, you're working the entire vacation too. And I mean, I've never without my phone. The only time I ever truly had a vacation without my phone was when we did a Caribbean cruise and I had no choice. And I will vouch for Amber and say there's been multiple times when we have called or texted her about something when we were looking for a house, when I felt bad about when we were actually doing it. I'm like, man, it's, uh, maybe we should wait. But at the time, it was the same deal. The, the, the price range and what we were looking for, there wasn't a lot. And so if we knew or heard of something, even if it wasn't on the market, we're like, hey, we got to go see this and see if we want to get this done before something happened. So I, uh, 
I went ahead and texted her or called her anyway, and she responded every time. So, right. well, and, and to answer your question, you know, if they if they want to get in the business, the best way that somebody can get in the business is to join a team with another realtor, be an assistant, learn the ropes. Learn yep. Yeah, and, and I work. You know, I started off this business when I joined my mom, Emma Bixby, and we've been a team. We have a full time licensed assistant. Michelle works with us, and. You know, if I'm ever not available or one of them's not available, we all cover for each other. So that's the important thing is to be present and have people, you know, help you on the the paperwork side and on the the showing side when you're not available. But that's a great way to learn the real estate is is to follow someone. Yep. Do you see the same thing that's going on in Salina, going on in like Manhattan? Yes. Hutchinson? Yeah. Same thing, it, low inventory. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a nationwide um, yeah. shortage yeah. of houses right now. So one of the questions I did prepare her for is, what is a common myth about real estate that you would say is incorrect? Not, not counting the fact that we just talked about the fact that people think you work three hours a day. Right. right. Forget that one. Right. <laughs> well, I think probably the biggest myth is that a seller might think that they could sell their house on their own, that all they have to do is put a sign in the yard, post it on a social media site and sell it. And it's easy as that. And, you know, I was looking at this question and thinking of all the tasks that we do between the, you know, before the listing and then after the sell. And I Googled that question and it says 183 things your realtor will do from start to finish. I mean, and there's just so much that people don't realize and, to keep the deal together and to make sure you have all of your paperwork done. And, yep. and it, there's just a lot to do with it. And it's not as easy as just finding a buyer and, and walking away. Yeah. And I would tell you that uh, previously we had a, a situation where uh, I'm glad I had a realtor because there was a oops that happened and they were able to, work things out I was so pissed off that I wasn't (laughs) going to be able to get it done so somebody level headed came in said okay this isn't the end of the world we can figure out something that everybody's going to agree to and took care of a situation because I was ready to tell some people to F off and we're done and and walk away so there's a lot of mitigation that goes on between buyer and seller and and it's nice to have that middle person be able to communicate it for you yep i think that's where you sticking a sign out in the front yard i would never want to stick a sign out in the front yard and just say for sale Uh, and i do think that's probably one of the biggest myths is i think people say well i can post my own house on facebook but i wouldn't have a clue you know we just bought a house down at the lake and uh in, in Oklahoma, and if they, we hadn't had our real estate lady down there to help us out, we'd been completely lost. And we worked her for, uh, you know, to find the house that we wanted at the lake. We worked, uh, she showed us a lot of houses <laughs> before we got there. So she earned every penny she made, and I'm sure that's the way it is. Now you probably every now and then get lucky and find somebody that goes, first one you show me, I'm jumping into. But I bet that doesn't happen very that, that did right. not happen for us. Amber <laughs> no. showed us a lot of houses before we no, bought the one we bought. We, you know, the, you, we could only go to Oklahoma on the weekends whenever we were buying the, the lake house. And uh, so that lady met us on Saturdays, Sundays, yep. any time yep. that we could be there and just was great. Uh, so I understand a little bit. And then the paperwork, like you said, yep. my word. Yep. So if you try to sell a home on your own... Um, 
we, we would have been lost. We just definitely would have been lost. Yep. Well, and there's also a safety concern. I mean, if you put a sign out in the yard and somebody's just driving by and says, hey, I want to look at your house, and you just let them in your house, you have no idea who they are. You have no idea if they're ever going to be qualified to buy a home. They could and have you're COVID. Invi- exactly. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of COVID <laughs> guidelines right mask. now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. I've I mean, never thought of that before. Well, yeah, because we're yeah. usually when we're out showing houses, they're to qualified buyers. We know them they've been to the bank it's very rarely that someone calls and you jump out of your seat and go it's just not an open house every day right 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 so i mean that's something to think about i mean you just you have to be aware that not everyone has good intentions i would never have thought of that but i haven't tried to sell my house without a real (laughs) why you have me (laughs) (laughs) one of the last questions i have before we get to some fun things is and and i believe i did prepare you for this one as well but over the 20 years that you've been doing this, what, what would you say are some of the big changes that you've seen in real estate and being a realtor over that time? So definitely technology, because um, if you think I started in January of 2000, the statistic from the National Association of Realtors when I started was 78% of One buyers. Second. Oklahoma won a national championship in January of 2000, so that's a happy time I was time leading to me. that. That's a happy time for me. <laughs> Let's go. So, so, anyways, they say that uh, in in the year two thousand, seventy eight percent of buyers looked online before ever calling a realtor, and now it's a hundred and ten percent. Nobody nobody calls until you look at something online and the pictures draw you in. So, technology is big. And when I got on MLS, was um, going digital, but you know, if we wanted to see a house that was just listed we had to physically take our office in a car we'd all get together on tuesday mornings drive go look at those houses because our mls at the time i think only offered six pictures of the house that was the max amount of pictures you could put in and i mean now we can put up to 99 photos into it we don't have to personally see the houses to be able to know if it's going to fit for our buyer or not Um, so technology has really changed um and then you know loan processing has changed as well Uh, a lot of that can be done online which yep. is nice. Yep. So. You know, just uh, for the people that are in this range that they're looking for a house at the 150, 200 range, so I'm, I'm going to even go like 125 to 200 in that range. Um, maybe the people who, as a family, make sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year. I, I've seen people struggle in Salina to find homes that are, it, I don't know if the struggle's that way in every town, what it is, but it seems like Salina struggles with the lower middle class house. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there's a whole group of that those people that can never find homes and ends up renters, long-term renters, because they can't find that house. Is that something that the builders in Salina could develop better into that price range? Or is that something that they just don't make the money on, that they just don't do it? Or... Yeah, I think it's it's tough to build an $80,000 house, especially right now. I mean, it's impossible to do it. Um, You know, we do have quite a bit of homes. Not really quite a bit. We have 24 homes between 60 and 100,000. So, you know, if that's your price range, I would encourage those buyers to go out and look at them and and purchase because of the interest rates being so historically low right now their their house payment's going to be way cheaper than any rental in town i mean it's just take advantage of both sides of it yep. and i've seen some some of the people that i'm around that have uh, 
struggled in the last year to two years of finding that range where they right. felt comfortable, whether one of their kids go to the right different school or whatever, and it's been tough. Speaking of school, we uh, I'm, 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 I, I do this. I chase rabbits sometimes. <laughs> Squirrel. Tell me, a, tell me a little bit about your kids in school right now. Um, are they enjoying the two-day a week? Are they... Uh, Told you um, he would go off the rails. Just, uh, just for me, I, I just want to know what other parents feel about this. My kids is getting driven crazy by being there two days a week. What do you think about your kids? Are they at each other's throats at homes? Or are they fine? So I have a unique situation. I have three girls that are going to be 14 this month. And I, they're, we're very lucky because... 42 years of experience right there <laughs> in their house. That's great. So they have their own computers. They have their own rooms. They are disciplined enough where they can follow the assignments. And we're going to school Wednesday, Thursdays. And it's working out for us. Would they rather be in school five days a week? Absolutely. But right now it's working um, for us. And they're able to participate in tennis and basketball. Hopefully we go to five days, you know, uh, in in the future. Sooner but than later. Yeah, but if this is what's deemed safe for us, then then we're okay with it. Is your tennis five days a week right now? Yes. Like the football guys? Yes. Yeah, it is. Tennis going well? It is. We yeah, have, they've done at well. At Lakewood, <laughs> we have had a really good year, and uh, good. my girls have, have performed very well. Uh, I've Lakewood. seen them. I've seen them all, and you don't know if you're seeing one at the same time <laughs> or all three at the same time, so. Well, sweet girls. Thank you. I don't want to start a rivalry here, but this was a bad week for us because Morgan's team, we have never lost to Lakewood in volleyball or basketball until this past week. What we lost a volleyball, volleyball match to Lakewood. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. I'm just going to leave it at that. Good job, Mustangs. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, let's have some fun. I did promise Amber she'd get out of here. She's got a big birthday dinner tonight. Um, how old is Dick turning today? So my father-in-law, Dick Renfro, is turning 86 years old 86 today. years old. Yeah. And if you have ever had an opportunity to go have a conversation with Dick Renfro, I would suggest you do it. He's the best. He's got some stories that you come out of nowhere. Um, he's, a, he's a good guy. So... We'll get you out of here on time. Um, if we're a few minutes late, apologize You're for fine. me. But uh, it's time for I Just Quizzed My Pants. So <laughs> season two, we've changed this up a little bit. Yep. There's some questions we yep. decided we wanted to keep. There's some questions that are going to be new to everybody. Philip and I, we did promise in season one that we would answer all of the questions as each guest happened. We didn't quite get through them all. So in a future podcast, we will go back and answer those questions. But... It's season two. Let's start off with the new questions. So, Amber, question number one. What are you not very good at? We just want everybody to get to know you a little bit. Um, Don't say real estate. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, Gosh, what am I not good at? I'm not good at a lot of things, but I don't know that I want to say it on here. Oh, just one. Um, Gardening? I, no, that's not okay. my thing. I, I'm not real great at taking things out of the dryer in a timely manner, but I got a new dryer that has a steam refresh, and I probably use it three or four times. So Old wrinkles over here. Yes, it's yeah. perfect. And if you could come up with a way. I, saw, I thought I saw the kids with wrinkly clothes on. <laughs> oh, no, there's no wrinkles. <laughs> if there's a way you could come up with something that would fold the clothes as they come out yes. of the dryer. No, it's the worst. Something? 
that's that's common in our house. The clothes will sit in the dryer until somebody else decides they want to do a lot right. of clothes and needs it. Right. So, okay. This one is a retread from season one, but if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh, definitely Michael Jordan. Um, well, you can still do that. I know. Yep. He's still alive. Not Eddie Van Halen. This is well, a sad day dead. today. He is dead. I don't even know who that is. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Michael I, Jordan. Michael Jordan. I like... I don't know. This is a hard question. Okay, well, here's what I'll do. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll recap mine. And I, I said uh, years ago, because some people messed up and didn't say this, um, I went ahead and shot Jesus out there. I'll go ahead and have dinner with him. But who else did we say? Uh, my grandma, maybe, or my grandpa yeah. that passed away. But those kind of things. There was, there's been some answers on here that have been unusual of the guests that we've well, had. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. I will let you pass now. And when Can we I post comment? this on Facebook, yes. okay. we'll get that answer. From oh, Clark's going to kill me on this one because he it, always talks about who he would have dinner with. Just Go Michael Jordan so far, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and it, Ab- Abraham Lincoln was one of mine. Yeah, I'm a big State. Abraham Lincoln fan. So, yeah, we're going to get into that here in a little bit if you can hear that in the background. So, these guys are giving us heck. About All right, question number three: If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Not folding clothes as they come out of the <laughs> yeah. dryer. I think I would fly. I, I really like birds, and I think it'd be so cool to soar above and just, you know, see the landscape the way a bird does. I think that's going to be a popular answer yeah, I on do, that too. Yeah. Just get there. Uh-huh. Yep. Just get somewhere. Okay. Question number four, and this is a retread from season one, but what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I'm not going to say what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> well, I have a huge passion for police officers, and I think that, you know, I could totally do that. However, I'm scared of going into dark places. I'm scared of scary situations and spiders. And so, you know, I just, that just didn't work out for me. But if, I, if I could do anything, I would. That's an interesting one, yeah. because I would tell you, I've always wanted, if, if I knew that I would be able to come home safely yeah. every night, that's something I would love to do for a period of time. Because they have the Citizens Academy, and I've right. many times I've thought about I doing have to. that. I just don't have the time. And with my schedule and traveling for work and stuff, it just wouldn't work out for right. me. Probably should have done it over right. COVID. But. Right. Well, my, my brother, you know, is retired Oklahoma Highway Patrolman. And uh, when we were young, he got on the Highway Patrol as a 23-year-old. And when we were young, he would say, you should think about coming and do it. And I rode with him a few times. About the second time he pulled somebody over that was scary, I said, I'm out. Yep. I am <laughs> yep. not doing this. Yeah. I grew up with all law enforcement. Yep. My yep. dad's highway, yep. patro- highway patrol, and yep. I've got several uh, family members that are active right now at this line of police department. So I, I, I support them 100%, and I've always thought it was very interesting. Yep. Well, then, yep. you know, in today's age, um, the people that do it today are – even braver than when my brother absolutely went, you know, because it was absolutely. not and my brother says he goes now if i was to do it all over again i might reconsider right. even though he loved it and retired from I, it and had I a great that's career serious yeah, problem right now yep. and i think that's what that's yep. part of the problem is that people are scared to do it yeah absolutely okay question number five we've got four minutes to get her out of here if you could ask your pet or pets because you now have two one question what would it be why 
<laughs> Why do they do the things they do? Uh, no, my, my one dog, my one cockapoo, Rafa, he is the best dog ever. He's so docile and just chill and happy. And then we've got this six-month-old puppy, and he is just nuts. And I don't understand why he has to bite the other dog and, and go crazy. And, and so, yeah, just grow out of it. Let does your does your dogs have a kid that they go to their bed or any specific oh, no. one? No. Or they come to you? The puppy sleeps in a kennel in my room. Yeah. And then uh, Rafa sleeps in our bed with us. And okay. So. We have our, our dogs. Um, we have two weenie dogs. But. They go to Harper and sleep with Harper every night. They'll stand at her door and bark because none of the rest of us want them, and she'll let them sleep <laughs> with them. So. Well, the girls want them to sleep in their rooms, but they just you don't let they, them. Well, they just gravitate towards me for some reason. I don't know. I guess I feed them. Because feed realtors them. only work two hours yeah. a day, so she's home all the time. So now I can't sleep either. <laughs> all right, last question, then we'll let you go. If you were told you only had one week to live, what would you do? Ooh. I would spend as much time possible with my family. Uh, I, I probably would have to desert all my clients and uh, focus on my family 100% and um, maybe go somewhere tropical. There you go. <laughs> Love the beach. Just wing it the last week. All right. Well, that's it. You got anything else? No. Okay. Thanks, Amber, for coming on with yeah. us. Thanks, Thanks for Amber. having me. Um, if you have any other questions about anything we talked about, feel free to comment on when we post this, and we'll be happy to get you answers. Yep. She owes us an answer. We will make sure we get that. You want to see one of the 57 uh, listings? Then where would they go to to see those? There's only 54. Okay, 54. But well, yes. maybe three more will call today. Yeah, that's right. So where would they go? You know, you could go to our website, cbsalina.com, and we have all of the MLS on there. So it's CB as in Coldwell Banker, yep. salina.com. Right. Okay. Well, as customary, we give our guests a koozie every Perfect. time they come on here. I appreciate you coming on here today with us. I know it's a busy time for you. Tell Dick happy birthday from us. I will and do it. Have fun. And I've got nothing else. We'll so. move on to the next section. Yep. yep. Thank you. Bye. Okay. We're back from the interview. Thanks, Amber, for that information. And, and it, as always, if you have any questions or want to talk to her, about anything you heard there, want to talk further, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to uh, to give you a shout and, and uh, chat with you about it. So that brings us to the end of the podcast here. Um, anything else before I do our one more thing and we're out of here? No. I, you know, last weekend was a boring weekend for me in football so for the most part because all of the uh, Big yeah. 12 was off. Everybody with KU we, West we, Virginia. Yep. We talked earlier in the year that they had scheduled this week as their bye week. And so yep. this past weekend, I actually ran down to Oklahoma City and ate in Bricktown had a, and went to, went out to Frontier City. Uh, yep. Friday oh, yeah. night in Frontier City. So um, and it took all the kids and everything and it, beautiful weather down there. And then we got back, got up Sunday morning. That was on Saturday oh, night. Sunday got up Sunday terrible. morning. It was horrible. Yep. Dropped 40 degrees in one day. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for listening. Yep. So our one more thing here uh, before we get going. So I saw a, a new show on TV. This was actually a few weeks ago as well. I've been holding on to it. Um, it was really interesting. It's called Hot Ones. Have you ever heard of this? No. So it's on True TV, and it combines eating hot wings along with trivia questions. So basically, you and your teammate eat a hot wing, and it's got a, a sauce. They have a chef that talks about it. You eat a wing, then when you're both done, you have to start answering trivia questions, and you win. obviously you win money for correct answers. But each round, the sauce on that wing gets hotter and hotter. 
And I'm not kidding you when I tell you after the sh- they have EMTs backstage. So after the show, <laughs> when they come off the stage, they're treated by EMTs. It's it. They're that hot when they get to the end. So, do you, hey, do you, can you eat that kind of hot wing? Is there any enjoy to so, that for you at all? I, I think I've told you this before, but I bought all of Dave's. The answer to your question is no. I like hot, but I don't like painful hot. Like I like a little spice on my food. The hottest but, one at Buffalo Wild Wings is too hot. For right? Me. Yeah, I Way can't do hot. that. Yeah, I can't do that one. So, but I I think I've told you this, but I did get a bottle of Dave's Insanity Sauce. So I'm gonna on one of these podcasts. We'll, we'll have to try. do video on that as well. We'll try. Morgan wants to get in on that and try it as well. So we'll work that out. But uh, yeah, so I thought that's an interesting show. So if you're bored, you see it on True TV. Check it out. It's pretty funny. So again, we want to thank Rustin and over at Thriving. Financial for supporting Phil and I on our little, uh, what do we want to call this, our pet project here. So if you do have any needs for some financial advice, please give him a call. Um, he'd be happy to help you out. Tell him we sent you. And like I said before, we'll have him on the podcast very soon. Maybe we can get him to try some some Dave's Insanity sauce with us. So We're not here at the end. You say email. 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 No, I'll, wait, I'll wait one more. Rock shop. <laughs> <No. laughs> oh, that makes me throw up when I hear that. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.